With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So is this in regards to a lot of people trying to contend and a lot of people not contending or what's what's let's go into the mind of Dan as crazy as that sounds. Well, I think I think where we play off with this is is, you know, the real Slim Shady's got to stand up. And after what we saw week one, we we're seeing the picture that we expect to play out. Mm -hmm. We see six teams, six teams vying for the shit, six teams vying for the ship and eventually somebody's got to come out on top of each of those. And depending on whose draft pick you have, that's going to be who you're rooting for. And, true. you know, it, it's just kind of, kind of play there. And we're going to see a couple teams rise to the top and we're going to see what happens with injury situations and other pieces there. So I'm like, this is one of those ones where, all right, let's, this is, we saw what's happened. We got what we expected. Now we get into the meat and potatoes of weeks two through five. Or, yeah. Two through five playing, playing in our division. Let's see if we can see, you know, who stands up. Okay, I like it. I I like where your head's at. I think that was a good good song. Thanks, good, man. Good intro. It How was the other country roads and like I was just gonna go home with it, but yeah. <laughs> shut it down early. Yep, just shut it down early and just you know, okay. just have somber music the rest of the way through to open this fucking shit up. I mean that might be used to describe your season at this point. Don't worry, I'm sure just the sound of silence will come on here as we begin to get further on and we watch the bigger <laughs> split happen. Fair enough. Well, on this week this week's pod we have a lot more trades to talk about including mr daniel weber and some oh, yes. some big moves that we saw yes a lot of a lot of fun discussion is going to be had on that and then of course we're going to go through matchups and we're going to try to talk about all teams maybe a little bit rather than brushing off some of the um you know shitty teams yeah you know we want to keep you all listening or at least yep. be happy i don't know um, yeah, we'll, we'll, start with, find we'll, happy, we'll find a happy medium We'll try our best, we, but we make no promises. But let's jump into the trades and let's go with the first one that involved uh, Stefan and Steve. They, they've done a few this offseason mm -hmm. and they're back at it before the season starts with Stefan receiving uh, Deontay Johnson and Steve receiving a 2023 first and second round draft pick, both of which are Jerry's pick. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? I... He drops a lot of balls. Like, does it matter? I mean, I, I'm not 100 percent sure how this works, but point per reception means that you have to catch the ball to get the point. This is true, but at the end of the day, you have it, to get no. It doesn't targets. fucking matter. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at like the drop leaders, like there's it's just a lot of people that get balls thrown their way. I yep. think for me, like the biggest thing would be if. And I know he does like he was a punching back last year, but at the end of the day, still got a lot of targets. It's not like the team stopped going away from him. He was still a focal point in week one, but 
I hear oh, yeah. it. It can I definitely mean, be frustrating. Five receptions, 36 yards, and he finds the end zone. If he doesn't find the end zone, that's a rough first week. For sure. With it, but tough I mean, 10, 10, yeah, oh, yeah, very touch matchup against Buffalo, but 10 targets is, is nothing to sneeze at. No, and that's what you're getting with Deontay. I mean, he's going to be a PPR guy. You know, he might drop a few balls, but when you're getting 10 plus targets, who cares? Um, but still, I mean, even with that said, and I like Deontay Johnson a lot, I think this is a steep price to pay. I agree. Um, the 2023 class, I mean, we're going to talk about it a lot, you know, over the next two years. But on paper, it's it's looking pretty intriguing. And I think when you look at these picks, you know, both of which are Jerry's. I mean, you know, Jerry, I think, has he's turned. He's there's some encouraging things with his team, but I don't think he's a lock to be a playoff team this year and certainly not next year. So who knows? Maybe these picks could be a little bit higher. And if it's a stacked draft class, I don't know if this is. I mean, for me, I think the second was probably the overpay. I don't know if this needed that needed to be in it. Um, clearly, it did to get the deal done. But from Steve's side, I think this is a huge success. I agree. I I lean with that. I like I like Steve's coming in the in the draft. But with that being said, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean. It was very, very rough podcast language right there. We appreciate the fact that if you're still listening after my, you know, failure right there, that that we're good. And I haven't had, a, I haven't even started drinking yet. Like maybe this is where I should start now. All right, I'll start. I now. was gonna say you need to start. Like start this, now. It's gonna be a one drink night. It needs to be a two drink night apparently. But I mean, I think for 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 both these guys, I mean, Stefan obviously wants to contend. So I get getting Deontay Johnson. You know, Steve's rebuilding. Get wanting to move on from him. Um, so in that sense, it seems like a win-win. I just think it's a little bit, little bit too much that Stefan gave up here. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the second one. And this one, kind of a surprise. Uh, Chris and Armand got together for this deal. And Chris received two 2023 first-round draft picks. One of them is Armand's. The other is Sam's. And he also got Kyle Trask. And Armand received uh, Mr. Scary Terry McLaurin. And a 2022 second round draft pick that is Kevin's. Dan, how are you feeling about this one? I love Scary Terry. Yeah. Like, I do. Like, I, this is great. I mean, this sucks that Fitzpatrick goes down with it because I think that could have been super fun to watch. And I, I guess I'm not the biggest Taylor Hineke fan or believer with part of this. Part of me thinks that we're a couple weeks from Ron Rivera saying, hey, Cam Newton, like, <laughs> let's see what, let's run it fucking back and see what happens yeah. here. But, um, the Kyle Trask piece is the interesting one to me. It, it's the unknown in Tom Brady's future. You would assume yeah. that this is going to be where they turn the ball over to him because uh, he was what? He was a what round was he picked in? I believe he was early third. Early third. So, I mean, you've got to mm-hmm. figure that, especially when you learn from Tom Brady, this is probably one of the best things for you with it. So, we give up uh, a very, very studly young wide receiver for a potential starting QB in two firsts. Excuse me, he was the last pick in the second round. Okay, last pick in the second round. Yep. With are you talking NFL draft or our draft? NFL draft. Okay, perfect. That's what I was just making sure. Um I I don't know. I, I like it for Chris. Sorry, Armand. I love it for Chris. I mean, I think, you know, again, we're gonna talk about it, but the 2023 draft class, I think these two picks, um, you know, Sam's pick, you know, we'll see. I think his team is definitely trending in the upwards direction. Um Armand's team, I mean, I don't know. I think Armand's team might be lacking 
um, some firepower. And, you know, this could kind of be similar to Jerry's first in the sense that it might be a higher pick, not saying, you know, first overall, but maybe middle of the road. Um, And, you know, Scary Terry, I think, is an awesome wide receiver. But I think for Chris, you know, for a team that's rebuilding, getting two first in a deep class like this, it's a great haul, like a fantastic haul like this. You know, Chris moved some players, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I might be forgetting some other pl- trades that he made, but like this was his best trade of the offseason. I think getting these two picks is a no-brainer. And from Armand's side of things, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Scary Terry is awesome, but I just, I don't know why this was a priority, um, especially since, I mean, you're still lacking a running back. I think some flex options I'm not so, I'm not sold on. Like, I don't know if Terry was the the final piece to the puzzle. And that's what, you know, puzzles me a little bit. I see. I see what you did there. That was, <laughs> that was witty. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think this may have been maybe a, a move that might've been just a year or two too early for Armand. Right. And where he sits on the roster, because because you're adding potentially some big points onto onto the team, right? No, for sure, and it might not even like matter. It's like your team, you know, you just have Saquon Barkley really at running back. You know, yep. who knows what's going on with Zach Moss? You know, Sonny Michelle, I don't know. I mean, Michael Carter Jr. is interest or ah, that's a basketball player, but just Michael Carter <laughs> the he I don't even know if he's something like you, this team clearly needs another running back. Um, so I I don't know. I I don't love it for Armand, but Scary Terry's awesome. So maybe I have to just bite, you know, my ton on this one. I think a lot of it also depends here. And this will be the last piece I, I think I have on this is the future of the Washington quarterback situation and yeah. where this is going to go, because that the receivers are only good if the quarterback can get on the ball. Sure. Unless unless you're Tyreek Hill taking handoffs out of the backfield or some of these guys on end arounds, <laughs> you have to rely on a quarterback getting the ball somewhere in general direction so that you can make a play and show off your skill set. And I think that becomes the the interesting piece. Nope, I think that's a great point because Terry McLaren is someone that people are extremely high on. And, you know, I think when you watch him play, you can easily see that. But at the end of the day, you know, in the first two years, he's I don't even think he's been a top 20 wide receiver, you know, and this year we mentioned Fitzpatrick going down, you know, I don't, you know, the, the decks might be stacked against him already this year to begin with. So you're right. They need to get a quarterback. And if they do get a quarterback, maybe he can just extend or, you know, ascend to like a top 10, top five guy potentially, but, you know, a la Stefan Diggs. But for right now, I I'm with you. I think there's some cause for concern until that gets addressed. Yep. All right. Been waiting for these ones, especially since who it involves. And before we talk about them, we got to like set the mood. I want to get like a look behind the looking glass or look behind the curtain here. Um, Dan, you made some trades. Mm-hmm. You blew up your team. You threw in the towel, whatever you want to you want to say. My question for you is like, what changed? Like when we go back, you know, this all happened like 12 hours before kickoff. You mm-hmm. know, I think. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, you were trading a future second for Mr. Chuba Hubbard, um, Chuba Hubbard. Um, like what, like did Michael Gallup going down opening night, like scare you? Um, what, like, where was your head at? Um, or where was your mindset? Like, were these trades brewing like for a couple of weeks? Like give, 
give the audience some something to to chew on here. Yeah, a, a lot of it started with going Gus Edwards and then Michael Gallup back to back. Two guys that I was planning on really helping me carry me through the season. And I, I said it, you know, last week, I'll say it again this week. I have, I have a hard time comprehending that I'm going to be able to compete with Kevin's team. Yeah. And for me, not, Mark Ingram is not going to be my answer. McCaffrey's a great piece. I have a lot of young talent. I, I hindsight being 2020. I don't, I don't think I lose week one if I don't make any trades. Yeah. With it. So that, that puts me, that puts me there. But the question becomes now is, where do I sit for upcoming futures? Where where is my team going to get to, and what opportunities am I going to have? The Aaron Rodgers future was kind of interesting to me. With it, the the uncertainty with Adams and where he could end up was one of those rough pieces. I don't have a a lot of additional depth, and in my mind, this was the the pieces that were coming to me were very enticing, and once the first one landed. At that point in time, it was, it was like, you take that first little, you know, Hershey squirt there and just, the rest of it just fucking just decides it's going to go. And that's kind of where the, my evening went. Okay. So it sounded like, you know, for this, you know, tear down to start, it started with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Sam approached me about McCaffrey with it. Um, We did a little, little finagling in here. There were a couple pieces that, that I wanted to, there was a piece that I wanted added into this um it was really hard to fucking tear five fab dollars away from sam but i at the end of the day i got my wish um, no. so let's i know let's talk about the deal and what you got um sam got obviously christian mccaffrey and jordan akins uh tight end for the houston texans and dan receives two 2022 first round draft picks one of them being armand's and the other one being sam's and also received chase claypool jordan love adam troutman Cam Akers and the aforementioned five draft dollars. Um, Go ahead, start it off. Start it off. No, yeah, Yeah. I mean, or pick a piece to play with and you know throw it back. So I mean, here's where I'll start. I think you know Christian McCaffrey. I'm with you. I think if you're gonna rebuild, if you're gonna you know take a step back, I think he is just the obvious guy to move because for my money, I mean, I'll say it right now. I think he is the number one you know, dynasty asset in our league. Like I mentioned quarterbacks, but this is the only like nine quarterback that's in my top 10 uh, just because of what he brings to the table. Um, we talk about like running backs that are, um, you know, game breaking. Um, it's the PPR guys, the guys that can catch the ball and, you know, they don't have to work super hard to like get 20 points. Like Christian McCaffrey, like this opening weekend didn't even score a touchdown and almost got 27 points. He didn't even break 100 yards rushing or receiving for that matter. But the fact that he gets so much work in the you know passing game, it just, the PPR element just really brings up his floor so high. Um, so McCaffrey, I think, is just not head and shoulders above every other running back, but head and shoulders above every other player. Like Mahomes, in a redraft, he might go first overall, and that's fine because for the next 10 years, you can count on him being the best quarterback to have you know he might not be number one for those 10 years but he's going to be top three you know christian mccaffrey as long as he's healthy i don't know if there's a running back in the league that can score more points than him so that's kind of my preamble my statement on him you know the trade the pieces that you got i think you know from a value side it's you know hard to argue with it but when you look at some contacts when you look at like what sam has you know 
to offer. I don't know. I I don't love it for you. I I wonder. You know, Cam Akers. Did it have to be him? Could it have been Travis Etienne? You know, Chase Claypool. Could it have been Jerry Judy? Could it have been CeeDee Lamb? I don't know. You know, and Jordan Love, Adam Trauman, I think they're nice pieces, but I don't know if they're move Christian McCaffrey nice pieces. And the 2022 picks, I think, are great, but, you know, it is a weaker class. So I, I don't think the value is awful, and I'm not trying to say it's a bad trade, but I just, I think, you know, I think you could have held Sam over a barrel and maybe gotten more. So you yeah. tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, do I think you're wrong? No, I love the value that I got back. Yep. I think the only piece that that I regret was not making a harder push to change Jordan Love to Fields or Lance. Okay. And I think I think I would have had the. I don't think I think I you could have had Sam's fucking dick in a vice, and I don't think and that thing would have fucking been chopped clean off for him <laughs> to get rid of Justin Fields. Yeah. With it, I think I think if I made a harder push at Lance, I could have had the same package. Yep. You know, maybe without five five fab dollars <laughs> to, to get Trey Lance. And yeah, you know, I the Claypool is is a is a rough pick because it's the same piece with the Ben Roethlisberger thing. Um, I tell you what, if Aaron Rodgers continues to play the way that he played, Jordan Love season might begin sooner than later. This is true. Um, I, I'm a Cam Akers guy. I do like Cam Akers. I think he can come back off of this. That that's my optimistic upside. In part of this hindsight being 2020, maybe that's a different, you know. You look at Travis Etienne and everything like that. It's you know, do you play with the Achilles or do you play with the Liz Frank? And yeah. you know, six to one half thousand another. I like Troutman with it. Troutman at least yeah. caught the ball this week. Unlike I mean, Jordan Akins, all all the guys that you got, I like them a lot. Like individually, even the picks. You know, Armand's pick. Armand's not going to make the playoffs, or it's yep. incredibly unlikely. Um, you know, I, I I've like guaranteed my, I've guaranteed myself two of the top six picks almost. For sure, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, I like Claypool. Jordan Love, I think you're right. I think he's going to get an opportunity. Troutman, great work. Cam Akers, I'm a little bit lower than you are with yeah, him. Just Which we've talked about, yeah. Yep, yeah, we, we've talked about it. Um, I just think, I think you could have maybe helped Sam over a barrel for some different pieces that he has. Because at the end of the day, Sam has a lot of younger talent. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore. Um, you mentioned both the quarterbacks. Um, Travis Etienne. Um, you know, Jerry Judy, CD Lamp, like blah blah, yeah. blah blah. List goes on. So I think that's just my only small complaint. And yeah, I, mean, I, I think you know, I'm not involved in the negotiation, so yeah. I don't know how or where like the yes, no, firm, mm-hmm. no, you know, line exists, but that's just my outsider thought. Yeah, and I and I think I was talking with Kevin, obviously, and hashtag foreshadow with some of this stuff. And it's <laughs> you know, I didn't take a starter off of Sam's roster for arguably the best player in the league. And that's that's kind of a at fault to me, and I'll take ownership for that, you know, for whoever dropped the fucking you know exclamation to eyes point out there. Like it, it's going to be what it's going to be. But uh, well, I have a, if, I mean, so I have a question for you. Yeah, were and you don't have to reveal like specifics. No, but you're good. Was anyone else um, sniffing around for CMC, or was it purely just Sam? Really, Sam was the first guy to come to me with with that and. In my eyes, the biggest package I was going to get back for McCaffrey could could have only been paid by Sam. I agree with that. And then, I mean, did you? Okay, well, I don't really have any follow ups from that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that was that was my mindset there. So. Okay. All right. Uh, well, and then we the the moves kept coming. Yeah. And you mentioned Kevin. Um, this you and Kevin made a move and. 
Kevin receives Devontae Adams, Mike Davis, Adam Thielen, a 2024 third-round draft pick that is yours, Dan. And you receive Antonio Gibson, Michael Pittman, a 2024 first-round draft pick that is Kevin's, and a 2022 second-round draft pick that is yours. Um, do you want to shed any thoughts? you want me to jump into it? Wait. Go ahead, because I think I think this one I might rough myself up on again, too. Yeah, it, so, but, but, yeah, go ahead. So, one thing, like... If anyone's, you know, the, the two people that have listened to this podcast know that I really like Antonio Gibson. You know, him and DeAndre Swift, I've been big fans of because for a few reasons. One, they have like a profile that shows that they could potentially become what Christian McCaffrey is. And that is like a guy that can catch the ball and also rush the ball and can be involved in this team's offense because their offense has supported players like this and become a difference maker. And not just like a normal difference maker, but a potential elite difference maker. You know, J.K. Dobbins is someone that I like, but the Baltimore Ravens just don't pass the ball to the running backs. You know, that's when we see it with the Washington football team. Yeah, they passed to McKissick, but a guy like Antonio Gibson has the background to catch the ball because he's a former wide receiver. And, you know, we saw in week one that he had some targets to go that way. Um, DeAndre Swift is the same thing. So Antonio Gibson, I think, is a fantastic you know, headline piece to get for Devontae Adams. For me, I think my problem with this deal for you is just, you know, Mike Davis and Adam Thielen. Like, if this trade would have gone through without Mike Davis or Adam Thielen, I still would have liked it for Kevin, and I still would have liked it for you. The fact that I think both those guys had to get added into it, um, I don't really know about. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, you're rebuilding, so obviously both those guys have to go. But I just don't know if, you know, from where I sit, if they should have been in this deal, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it's Devontae Adams. Um, he's still 28 years old, you know, I rough week one, but he's going to bounce back next week against Detroit Monday night. I I'll say it now he's going to put on a show. Um, and, you know, Adam Thielen is still rock solid and Mike Davis, you know, it might not be a long career, but I think he's going to be rock solid this year. Um, so that's really my only you know, not complaint or whatever you want to see. My only nitpick yeah. is I don't think Thielen and Mike Davis should have been in this deal. I, I think, and that's, I agree with those pieces. I think you're a hundred percent correct. And Kevin was a big Pittman believer. I like Michael Pittman in the Indianapolis, Indianapolis offense um, with, with no T Y it's especially intriguing. Cause this is truly yeah. going to show me if this is going to be worthwhile in my regards. Um, obviously I get rid of a 31 year old Thielen. I get rid of a a 28-year-old Mike Davis. This helps me shell points off my roster. Now, you're right. Could I I have potentially engaged to move these guys again? Yes. This was an easy go route for me to shell some points into a team that I think is going to be all right, that's going to suffer because of the age on the roster in two years when I'm basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go again. And I, and again, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it or the wrong way to look at it. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's fair. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we've seen like for, you know, Steve and Chris, they don't have their first round picks, but you do. So you do have incentive to, you know, just to be blunt suck this year um, to make your draft pick better. You know, that is a big enough incentive, I guess, you know, it kind of goes back to the fact of blowing up your team, you know, 12 hours before kickoff, you know, if you did it, maybe, 
96 hours before kickoff. Maybe you have more time to get those guys off yep. your roster. Um, and also, I'm going to go on record. Pittman, no way. No bueno. I don't think okay. he's going to be good. Yep. I, I mean, this is this is what's great about, about Dynasty, whether we can all have our different opinions. And eventually, three, five, seven years down the road, one of us is going to be right, but nobody's going to fucking <laughs> remember who it was. This is true. We'll just forget about it and keep spewing shitty opinions and no one will call us out on it. That's because nobody listens, but this I enjoy true. the I enjoy the quality time. I appreciate it. And all right, so we got one more, one final trade for the night um, in Dan's 12-hour blow-up before kickoff. Um, this one involved you and Stefan, and you received in Jared Goff and DJ Chark, and Stefan receives Kirk Cousin, Cole Beasley, and a 2022 second-round draft pick that is yours. Um, which, I, which I literally acquired you just literally got right yep. before this, yes. You got it. In turn and burn. Turn, turn and burn. Um, yeah, so actually, I wish we could have talked about this trade beforehand because I feel like people are going to think I'm biased, but I actually really like this trade for you. Um, from where I sit, I just don't see a huge difference between Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. Um, if you're contending, fine, you want to have Kirk Cousins. But I think what you saw from Jared Goff on Sunday is why I think he's actually okay. And that's because the Lions defense sucks. There's going to be a lot of garbage time. I think, you know, Goff and like this Lions team is just going to put up a lot of junk stats. So I think he's actually going to be okay. And so when you figure uh, Cousins for Goff swap, I think that's fine. Um, you know, I don't really care about that. But then the fact that, you know, you switched basically Cole Beasley in a second for DJ Chark, I think that's a massive win for you. Um, I would rather roll the dice on a guy like DJ Chark, who, um, you know, we saw on Sunday, he was targeted a lot and, you know, kind of featured in this Jaguars offense. You know, we'll see what that maybe develops over the course of a season, but you got to be optimistic about this. So from your side, I absolutely love it. I mean, I don't even think, you know, Jared Goff should be like on your roster for long um, or finish the season on your roster. But getting DJ Chark, I think, is a massive win. Yeah, I think the the interesting piece here is Cole Beasley actually had more targets than DJ Chark in week one. He had more receptions than DJ Chark in week one, but Chark went for a touchdown and for longer yardage just because he takes the top off a little bit in in depth. And Cole Beasley is going to be your, I need 10 receptions. Yep. I need 10 receptions to, to do it, but he's a guy that can do it. And, you know, I think, I think you got to feel better about what you've seen out of the Jared Allen Cole Beasley piece than watching a rookie quarterback come in and throw DJ Chark and understanding this is, you know, the second coming of Jesus, blah, blah, blah (laughs) with part of this. But I, I, again, I get younger. I get, I get talent that is more youthful that I can either flip or grow with. And I think that's the big win for both Chark and Goff Mm -hmm. in, in where it is. And I, I, and I tell you what, after, after watching week one of golf, I've, I've already had somebody approach me for, for what the asking price is. And I thought I got lowballed. And I'm just going to be straight up honest with that. Yeah. I thought I got lowballed for what it was. Um, I mean, he's gonna... an interesting one just because, you know, it's, I, I wonder would the, where would the asking price be before and after that game for both the inquiry and the inquirer um, just because, you know, he, he did very well um, but against the, the San day, Francisco defense for sure. Um, but, you know, you look at, you know, fantasy rankings and stuff like that. No one is seemingly buying it. Um, that's not to say that it's, you know, they're right. 
but it's just an interesting thing to monitor. Um, but I, I still think, you know, Goff, I, I do think he's going to be sneaky this year just because that Lions defense sucks so badly. Like, I think this is going to be like the Bortles Jaguars or something. We're just oh, I was going to go with of, the James Winston Buccaneers. Time. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time. Now, having said that, you know, the reason that I think Goff potentially sucks is because he could be replaced in a year. You know, yep. he could he could just he could be like Winston and fall off, you know, the face of the earth for two years. And then you're sitting on your hands with a backup quarterback and hoping that he gets another shot. So he is, in a sense, a potential ticking time bomb. Um, but it's only been one you know, game. And who knows, maybe he'll show something and develop into maybe a long term answer in Detroit. Um, I don't know if I believe that, but it could happen. Yeah, I mean, and that I mean, this becomes the question as to how much space can he give me or how much can he hurt my uh, potential points? And I think that's the the interesting piece here. Yeah, and I mean, I think at this point, the question, um, and we didn't really even talk about this ahead of time, is, you know, when you look at your roster and you look at, you know, who is maybe next, you know, obviously, I think, you know, golf is a possibility from what it sounds like. But then, I mean, you know, Mark Ingram got a lot of work in week one. Um, Gerald Everett had a touchdown. You know, Austin Hooper is intriguing. You know, is there a guy that... You know, you want to sell to the league, you know, tell us, say, come and get it. Like, is is there anyone on the roster or no one in particular? I think I think Ingram is an interesting piece. I want to see what his workload looks like in week two against a better defense, what his output yeah. is. If he looks good, that, that's got to be my next piece to it. The The Hooper piece is also interesting. Gerald Everett is is 27. He had some good work with it. Um, you know, I have there's a lot of second I'll, I'll, I'll coin my phrase second round pick worthy things on my team <laughs> um do i think i have a major first round pick that that can go probably just golf is where i'm looking at right now mm. um but i think he's the biggest piece unless an injury comes up and all of a sudden you you know you watch a uh a ty johnson get sprung into action or you you know watch a philip Lindsay come through or yeah. you know a, a joshua kelly which I don't even think Joshua Kelly's the next best option because I think Larry Roundtree's got that. But either way, I mean, it's it's pieces that I think I need an injury. Like like Cordero Patterson could all of a sudden become the next best thing if Mike sure. Davis goes down. Yeah, so I, I think I think that's that. kind of where it sits. Goff's probably my biggest asset, though. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, just if you talk about wanting to um, – tank so to say i think he makes a lot of sense to go just because he could put up some points um and you look at their schedule like for the first like six games of the season it's it's not a bad set of games that they have outside of like maybe baltimore um a lot of a lot of defenses i think he can you know this lions team could get some junky touchdowns and you Mm -hmm. know put up some points so we'll see yeah it'll be interesting it'll be interesting because i think the only other piece that is curious as Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I mean that's we'll see how that offense kind of looks because yep. I think they they didn't really pass maybe as much as you would expected them based off last season, but they won, so you can't really judge them for that. And you know where does he fit in with Jamar Chase and you know T Higgins um, in that and obviously Joe Mixon in that offense. So um, yeah, could be interesting. all right, man. Enough about me. Let's make this about other people. Yeah, let's move on to the matchups, and um, like I said, we're going to maybe not go through each matchup, but maybe just talk about, you know, teams, like, 
some good things we saw in week one and of course make our picks. So let's start off with uh, how about the battle of the Knicks? Um, I'm taking on Nick Ruth and, you know, Dan, when you look at like Nick Ruth's team, um, he's obviously trying to rebuild. Like there's no doubt about that. Um, but positive negatives like week one quick that you saw from his team um, and I, stick out dramatically. Yeah. I think, I think his quarterback bipolar, not bipolarness, but I th- want to say, we saw Dak Prescott we wanted to see. Yep. And now we want to see that same Justin Herbert come out. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's the piece that if I'm Nick, when I sit here and I look at my season and I understand that, hey, like this probably isn't going to be in my favor, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Like you want to see this young quarterback go out and play this. And the fun fact is they get to play each other this week. So Nick's only really got to watch one game. And he's, gotta, and he's got to hope it's 56-55 and these guys throw for 400 yards apiece with it. We watched Dak do it in week one. Mm-hmm. Not, let's see what Justin Herbert can do in. Understanding Herbert went 31 for 47 with a touchdown and a pick for 337 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at, you know. With no, but it. he's got high expectations. Yeah, correct. And I, I think if I'm Nick, that's what I want to see. So I would say that's my takeaway from week one and what I want to see going into week two. Nope, that's fair. I think the only one I would add is how about Kenneth Gainwell? I think he had a very intriguing week um, for Nick. And, you know, he's obviously got Dobbins, you know, coming off, you know, big injury hopefully he rebounds next year but you know Gainwell it was interesting seeing him already be the RB2 you know he scored a touchdown had another touchdown called back by penalty um the fact that he was involved right away I think is encouraging um could be either an interesting piece long term for Nick or maybe something to watch for him to potentially try to flip uh depending on what his philosophy will be yeah I agree I mean so when we turn around we look at yours on the other side you've got to be excited by what you saw out of Amari Cooper week one you got to yeah, be really excited sure. about Kyler Murray after week one. Oh, yeah. Please stay healthy. <laughs> the, I want to see, obviously, I'm, I chalk this up to the fact that I think Cowboys gave too much respect to the Tampa Bay rushing defense. Yeah, I want to see Elliott turn around and go against the Chargers and have a damn good game. Like I think that I think that's ultimately what Preach. I really, really want to see that. with it. And I, I, if I'm you, that's the only thing I want to see. I want to see that same level of play from my other guys, but I want to see Elliot kind of step up and say, you know what? I'm the fucking man. And obviously playing against Dak Prescott, that takes away from his capabilities here, um, which I think leads you in the matchup. I mean, when I say leans, I mean, it's fucking massively lopsided, but for you, this is where I sit. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Elliot um, is definitely the guy I want to watch. And, you know, unfortunately from a rushing, you know, running side of things, the first few weeks for the Cowboys isn't great. Um, and especially, you know, we saw Lael Collins, you know, get suspended now. Uh, they're getting Martin back. So that's not ideal. But um, I, I I don't think I hope he's not as bad as he was week one. But I worry that it, there might be some tough sledding in the first month or so of the season for him. Um, but he's definitely the the right pick for my team. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to go with my team to beat Nick Ruth. I don't know. Yeah. Already had a mark. Yep. Yeah. All right, right. where are we going next? Let's go to Adam and Chris's matchup um, in week two. And uh, again, you know, doesn't really look close on paper. But when we look at Chris's team and you want to look at maybe some positives or some things that stuck out or stood out, I think it's got to start with Jamar Chase. Um, He was someone that, you know, people were calling a bust in the preseason, thought he was, you know, overrated and going to, you know, the the Bengals made a mistake, blah, 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 blah. And then he just, you know, shows up week one, catches the ball five times, goes over 100 yards and a touchdown. 
that's you know the the guy that people called you know one of the best receiving prospects in recent memory um didn't even play last year and was still a top five pick you know that's that's the guy that chris drafted so i think for that you have to be be feeling very good you know with that return in week one if you're chris yeah i for me it's the hollywood brown play yeah. like six for six 69 yards touchdown with that i mean obviously he was all out of practice um today and everything like that but like i really like what i saw out of what you got with hollywood brown Mm-hmm. I like he continued to show that hey he's the guy in Baltimore that that Lamar Jackson can rely on and I think that's that's super big in his pieces with it so like I want to see that continue to be a theme through here and I want to see John Smith do well and not understanding I'm a Mac Jones owner and everything like that but he also went five for five so both those guys eleven for eleven on on catches and that's really important that they're bringing in their target share yeah no absolutely so that'll definitely be key to watch going forward. Go ahead and move uh, to the other side. Yeah, we moved to Adam's team. I mean, I think kind of a, I mean, he won, um, but didn't finish in the top six for, um, I believe. No, he did. He went 2-0. Oh, he did go 2-0. Yeah. But I, it wasn't like a. Yeah, Zane, Zane split with yeah, uh, my it, old man. It wasn't like a super impressive um, week for Chris's team. Just some underperformances. And I think, you know, we talked about Zeke. You know, we're going to talk about, I think, Austin Eckler. And it was a tough matchup, but it was very interesting, you know, very, very interesting. No targets, no receptions. You know, is that a sign of things to come? Because Austin Eckler, I mean, he scored a touchdown this week. I mean, it really saved his week. But Austin Eckler, you know, the reason why people like him so much is because he catches the ball. And if he doesn't catch the ball, I mean, I don't know. This could be something to monitor. Um, it's only one week, though, so you don't overreact. But that's that was kind of the the biggest, huh? moment when I look at Adam's team. Yeah, I think um for me there's a couple of things that stand out here. Yeah. It's the Julio Jones was lost in the offense piece, which yeah, I think we knew coming into pick. it. And I'm really, really excited about Jameis Winston. Like I, I bought Jameis Winston in a league and I'm all for Jameis Winston being the best of what he can be. And I think his schedule sets up that He's got a few tough, tough matchups in the in the top eight. He plays Washington in week five. He plays yeah. Tampa Bay in week eight. He the next tough tough matchup in my eyes he plays is is Buffalo in week twelve until he gets back to Tampa Bay in week fifteen. I, I right. once he gets through really his bye like it's yeah it's, a it's pretty interesting real pretty football. and I mean like I I mean yeah thirty three for thirty like I get the ESPN thirty for thirty Jameis ha 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 funny funny <laughs> he goes five and zero in fucking week one against what's supposed to be a decently de- Green Bay defense yeah I can't wait to see what he does against Carolina cut this coming week I, if he can go five for nothing again that's a huge win and I I think you saw what you what you needed to out of Stephon Diggs in the offense for me this is what am I going to get out of Julio Jones and like you said you you covered the Austin Eckler piece he you know nothing receiving and that's kind of scary for me from an Austin Eckler perspective mm-hmm. but if you can sneak by wins with those things take them in the weeks where you need them hot and heavy oh that's absolutely and I mean unfortunately this year like it's you know especially in you know Adam's division we those three teams are making the playoffs um there's you know Kevin uh, Stefan and Adam are making the playoffs maybe the other division could be if something freaky happens, happens, some sort of crazy shenanigans could occur. But 
you know, Adam just wants to stay healthy, wants to see his team do well and yep. rest up for the playoffs. So official pick is Adam. Adam. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, how about Dan and Steve, your matchup in week two. Owen two versus Owen two with it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and break down my team and then I'll go ahead and take a shot at uh, Steve's. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when you look at your team, like you're, you guys are both kind of a, doing the same thing right now. And that is looking towards the future, you know? And I think when we talked about, you know, Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram got a lot of work week one. He rushed the ball 26 times and had one target. I mean, 27 total touches that he had is obscene. Now, even with all those touches, he only got 14 points. Um, so that's not great. But if he gets his workload, like if he's going to be like the number one guy, um, he's going to have value. Like, I'm not saying you're going to get a first round draft pick. Like, hell no, absolutely not. But could maybe get a second round draft pick um, or maybe package him and get something else. I don't know. But that's I think that's the biggest takeaway, because everyone made the joke that the Texans have so many running backs and then they just went out and just featured Mark Ingram pretty heavily so that you know for me with your team like that's that's the biggest takeaway I mean obviously Jared Goff had a great you know week one a lot of garbage time options he almost had the amazing comeback and I'm not even going to say it but you know if I was a rude person I would be very concerned about Josh Allen but I'm not so you know one week against the tough Pittsburgh defense he was a little bit off I'm sure he'll bounce back right yeah, and that's where I'm at. I I'm gonna stick with my boy. I like this is he's my cornerstone for this. Yeah. I've added a couple pieces around him that have youth that I can rebuild around. But yes, I completely agree with 100 percent of your analysis. For me, it's what kind of Michael Pittman do I get this week? And especially against the Rams defense, I think that's gonna truly make the determination as to where this Indianapolis offense could go. Yeah. But uh, on Steve's team, for me. The quarterback play I'm excited about. Daniel Jones came out, looked good. I hate that he starts on Thursday. I hate his matchup against Washington. Um, Darnold, you're excited with how he understands how to use Christian McCaffrey, which is basically just throwing the ball as often as you can. Yes. Yep. Um, But I think the other piece that's very interesting to look at is Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. And the situation that he's now been slung into. Now, the question for Steve is, is this his next piece to go? But he's a young kid. Like, it's tough to shave that. But but you're shaving points out there where Chris Evans is not going to play in the offense. Um, Brandon Ayuk had a fucking goose egg in week one, with yeah, which you did. never really want to go ahead and go ahead and go with Terrence Marshall. You know, not what you wanted to see out of that. But again, you're you're fighting Christian McCaffrey pieces to it. Yep. Um, for me, like if if I'm Steve, I want to continue to see Sam Darnold have a good week. I want to see Daniel Jones have a good week, and I want to see um, Elijah Mitchell have another good week. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, you know, that's just interesting to add is, you know, you're obviously in position, you know, for your team, like you want to move, ideally, probably some players because you want to have a better pick. Steve doesn't have his pick. Um, So I'm with you on Elijah Mitchell. I think he's very intriguing. But like Steve kind of has this weird luxury, like he has zero incentive. As many points as he wants. Yeah, he has zero incentive to lose. Like I, who has, Jer has his pick. Like he has, he doesn't care. Like he doesn't want to like give Jer the first overall pick, you know, but at the same time, the pick's already gone. So if it's in his best interest to ship Elijah Mitchell or Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold or whoever, you know, on his roster, he can do that. But it's, I, I, you know, if you were Steve, like week one, like make the call on Elijah Mitchell, keep or sell at all costs. Like where would you go out with that? Sell at all costs. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. Um, but I love when we just fucking ruin people's weeks with these podcasts. Like the two people that actually look at this go, no, he's fucking right. Like, I'm not <laughs> fucking buying this shit. Like, thank you for the two people that actually listen. If you want to identify yourself in the chat, like we like you normally do, we always appreciate that. <laughs> no, that, but, like, I mean, but Elijah Mitchell's tough too, because you know, it's kind of, you know, we'll see if he can keep it going, but it could be, you know, similar to James Robinson last year. And that is like, you might want to sell, but like, can you justify selling him at a second round draft pick? You know, would anyone actually pay a first round draft yeah, pick? I don't right. know. And it's it's only one game, and it's important not to overreact to week one. But I think that's definitely the piece for Steve's team to watch because it was by far probably the biggest surprise, you know, fantasy wise. I think week one, um, I might be missing someone, but you know, Tim going off and the circumstances behind it were definitely. Um, Interesting to say the least. All right, official pick. Got to go with you. You're yeah, me too. Team. This sucks. I'm just for me. I like, got the the best scenario is I go one and one, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's move on to the next or to really the last. Or this is you know another intriguing. It's an intriguing matchup. one. We're gonna go to Jerry and Armand. Um, you know the so I'm kind of alluded to it, but when you look in the Avengers division, you know we think. Zane, myself, Sam, like those are going to be the playoff teams. But if for whatever reason something crazy happens, one of these teams is probably going to be the ones that will be sniffing around. Um, both teams, you know, have. They probably should be rebuilding, but they've made kind of trades this offseason that seem to indicate that maybe they aren't rebuilding. Um, both teams still have some, you know bullets in the chamber if they want to make a move if they want to try to swing for the fences i don't know um but i think these two teams like probably aren't going to make the playoffs but if they change their mind or if something pops up they could maybe make things interesting and try to be feisty um you know let's look at jerry's team and i think you know two big things stand out you know the first thing is the running backs um you know acquired leonard fournette james robinson ronald jones and you know it did not really look great week one. So you hope that's not a sign of things to come, but that's definitely something to watch. On the flip side, you know, this, we talked about it a lot, but Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Hurts, this was Jerry's Hail Mary because quarterbacks are very difficult to move in this league. And if they are moved, you're either going to get someone that's old and not great, or you're going to get someone that's young and unproven. And Jalen Hurts falls in that category. Now, it was against the Falcons, and their defense didn't look great. But, hey, at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts dominated them, and he did what he's supposed to do. So I think if you're Jerry, like, you have to be feeling good with what you saw and optimistic. And, you know, if he does turn out to be, like, you know, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen 2.0 or whatever you want to say, you got to be feeling great because Zach Wilson, I mean, he was a rookie, but he didn't look awful. Um, So... That's the positive takeaway for me for Chair's team. Yeah, I I agree. I think the the questionable running backs is the big piece for what Jerry's gonna get out of each week. Yeah. And but if he can get the play that he played out of Jalen Hurts, which he goes into San Francisco this week, I think that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Waddle looked good. Pitts gets a very favorable or not a very favorable Pitts gets a rough matchup this week. I'm sorry, against Tampa Bay. But you feel good about DK. Like yeah. Bridge, Bridgewater is going to game manage. He's not going to do anything to lose you the game, but he's going to have to do a whole lot to win you the game. But if you can get your 16 to 20 points out of him every week, you're in good shape with where you sit. 
Um, is that enough to get you in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't think so with, with, with what I've seen out of week one. But are you going to finish better than the bottom three? Smartest kid on the short bus. You're damn fucking right. That's exactly what's going to happen <laughs> with it. And and again, the other piece where I'm going to homer it, you know, Cole Komet, five for 42. I'll take that all day, every day with it. But yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson growing is what you want to see. And then you continue to get the production out of Hertz that you need to. And you hope that next year you're in a good spot with Kellen Munn taking over in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, Jerry's Jerry's a lot of upside. Jerry's a couple for injury sure. pieces from being rough, but so are a lot of other teams. No, for sure. Definitely. I mean, it's it's the running backs right now for Jerry. Yes, correct. Um, and if, and if you pick the right ones, you're in decent shape. If you pick the wrong ones, Godspeed. Amen. Um, when we switch over to our Mons team and we look at, you know, I think the first, I mean, there's two things. I mean, Saquon Barkley, you know, he's clearly coming back from the ACL injury. Um, didn't look great week one. I mean, it was a tough matchup against Denver. Um, you know, is he going to get back to his normal self? You know, is that going to take some time? You know, is he just not going to be the elite running back anymore? I think those are kind of the questions that you have to be asking yourself. And when you're on team, I mean, that could be a problem because Zach Moss was mysteriously just straight up bench, you know, didn't have the opportunity to play. Yeah. Um, that was peculiar. Peculiar. Um, Sonny Michelle did not really get an opportunity at all for the Rams. You know, Michael Carter Jr., Michael, excuse me, Michael Carter, um, he didn't really do anything. Um, so if Barkley isn't like this elite running back that we have all come to expect him to be, like running back becomes a massive concern for our Mons team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wide receivers, you know, Godwin, uh, Terry, you know, Brock Salad, um, you know, Lawrence, I think, had a great, you know, a rookie game. You know, upside, downside, you know, all over the board. Um, and, you know, two Rod Taylor, I think, had a great week as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can carry that because if Armand isn't, you know, trying to contend, he's someone that I think, similar to you with Jared Goff, do we see him moved? He's a quarterback. It's a super flex league. You know, quarterbacks are hard to get. Could be a potential piece that people would want. Um, yeah, so. I think I think Tarad really goes through and shows it off against Cleveland here. Do I think it's going to look good? No. I think we're going to see the Tarad Taylor that we, we expect to see out of this. Yeah. But, I mean, if I'm if I, I'm a mind, I want to see Cortland Sutton have a bigger piece in the offense. I need to good continue call. to see Saquon Barkley to, to be the Saquon Barkley we expect him to. I mean, yes, he left week one, which is never what you want to see about a guy that you're, you're paying out the ass for. But you're right. I mean, Trevor Lawrence picks up his first test in week three against Arizona. So where do we where do we see that kind of come through? Uh, Scary Terry, obviously, week one on the roster. Matchup against the Giants. I, I'm okay with the matchup. I really am. Next week, it's against Buffalo. I don't don't necessarily like that. But I think the the Jalen Rieger piece is the other piece that I want to see. Six for six, 49 yards. Good connection um, and chemistry with, with Jalen Hurts. Can we continue, continue to see that develop? And I think that's what's going to be the interesting pieces. I think that's where I'm excited about with Jalen Rieger in this offense. I think the, the only other piece that I want to talk about is Gesicki lost in the offense. And that's not a great way to go through when you're talking about your replacement options. Maybe this is a David and Joku start. At least he had receptions and target share mm-hmm. with it. Like uh, Jordan's not going to be the option. And I mean, that's it in a tight end premium league. That's very, very thin. Yeah. I, you know, even, even a huge... for a rebuilding team. Yeah, I'm not a huge Gasicki guy. Um, so, 
but even I was surprised. I mean, he just was not involved in that offense. Um, is that a sign of things to come? Is this just a week one fluke? You know, turn it next mean, week. Who knows what happens with channel, too. same bad time. But yep. that's that is a very odd. Um, yep. Yeah, I'll take Jerry. I'm going Jerry as well, and we are shock so far through Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Mm-hmm. Last week we went five and one. Um, did we? We did. Yeah, we just missed one. Who did we miss? Because I had us at six and zero, oh, but I could be a nipshit. You, we both picked Zane over me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I fucked that up. All right, let and me change that. Lamar Jackson shot the bat, and Darren Waller saved my ass. Got it. Yep, I fucked that up. All right. Two more matchups to go, and the second to last one of the week, and really could could have been the matchup of the week, is going to be Kevin versus Stefan. Um, let's start with... If I, my phone would work. Uh, let's start with Stefan's team, and when we look at, you know... What stands out to you after week one when you look at Stefan's team? There's a there's a couple interesting pieces here that mm-hmm. that I think we want to touch base on. the The Kirk Cousins piece is 40, 49 pass attempts against Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't think you see that kind of volume going forward. I, I guess that's part of that. And then the Najee Harris is is a little rough for me. Mm-hmm. That's not the not the piece you wanted to get out of him. I, I love the Cooper Cup piece. I love the Tyler Higby usage. Um, Keenan Allen's going to see the volume. I think the Keenan Allen had two rare drops. I think we saw this week, right? Like, uh, he, like does he drop balls right often? No, he's one of the be- no. better ones in the league. Outside of that, it's it's been a very consistent team. Like, I think I think my biggest biggest concern is Najee Harrison. I agree. I mean, he was one I was going to bring up as well because. I think we heard all off season how James Conner sucks. You know, Najee Harris is going to be this massive upgrade. He's going to come in and do amazing. And again, one week, don't want to overreact to it, but like he didn't look great. You know, we saw a running back that just was playing behind a shit line and couldn't really do much, you know, not money running backs can. So I think, you know, tough matchup against Buffalo. You know, you hope that's just, uh, one game fluke and, you know, maybe they bounce back next week, but that's definitely something to watch. Uh, the only other thing that I would add is just Joe Mixon um, against, you know, the Vikings, but we saw him at the end of the day, he had 33 touches. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he went, you know, all of overtime mostly, but he combined for about 150 yards. He had a touchdown like that is, you know, I don't even know where he is right now, but I think he's a top three running back right now. Uh, he is RB3, number one in standard, though, but that doesn't yeah. matter. But he is PPR number three. Yeah, I mean, he that was an exceptional performance. And if that's what we see out of him, like if that's the kind of type of production that Stefan gets, you know, Nashe Harris not being amazing, it's going to be okay to stomach um, because, you know, Nick Chubb is still going to be Nick Chubb. But those two, the, the two running backs, those those stand out the most for me for Stefan's team. Yep, I would agree. All right, let's move over to Kevin's squad and you know, went two and zero. you know, this is a team that Dan thoroughly believes in and, you know, he just acquired some help, you know, from your team and Devontae Adams, you know, Adam Thielen and Mike Davis, you know, I think when you look at week one and kind of what we saw, um, I mean, a few things stand out. I think it's his studs and just kind of like some usage. I mean, Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley, both didn't kind of live up to kind of the expectations that they've kind of created. Um, you know, for Henry's case, the whole Tennessee team was just kind of off. 
you know, so you got to hope that this was kind of a fluke. And Kelvin Ridley, I mean, I was watching a little bit of this game, but I think he, the first drive, he had like three catches for like 40 yards. And then I check in like later in the game and he finishes with five catches for 51 yards. Like he just was not involved at all. Like that, that's very interesting to me. Um, But those two just stick out the most because those are guys that Kevin needs to count on. Like he has a deep team, but like Calvin Ridley and Derrick Henry, like they're supposed to be best players at their position. And if they're not like this, I don't know. It, it could be an interesting season for Kevin if that's the case. I mean, throw Aaron Jones into that mix. Yep, with absolutely. And two points with that. Like if, if Aaron Rodgers right. sucks balls, Big time. this has got to be this has got to be Aaron Jones's territory. Like Big he's time. he's gotta be able to step up here. Uh I mean I mean, and even you could, I mean, you could throw in Ryan and Tannehill, like, you know, yep, it goes back correct. to the Titans, you know, Devontae Adams for that matter. Like yeah. he has just some guys that, you know, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't expect them to like be this bad, but like, it's just, was it an odd week one or, you know, we see this happen in fantasy. Like some guys just, I don't want to say fall off a cliff, but like they just stop producing. And I'm not saying that any of these guys are, but that's just, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like, yep. it, it wasn't a great week for Kevin. Like, I know he's 2-0, and but, like, you can't be feeling, like, great about the performances that you saw. Correct. If you're feeling great about any performance, it's that the continued dominance that Travis Kelsey might be mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey-like out of his position. And yeah. you've got to feel good with that, but you can't expect Adam Thielen to throw 30 points up each week. So you need to have these other role guys step up. Kelsey's going to do his thing, and if if... I'm Kevin. Like, this is all I want to see on my team. Kelsey, 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 as much as I can with these guys playing at their average point minimum with yeah. it. And I think you're going to be okay. Stafford, I want to give Stafford a lot of credit. Looked very, very good in that Rams offense for only throwing 26 passes. I mean, he got the ball down the field. He only took one sack. Like, he just put three touchdowns up on them on there. You got to feel good. You, you oh, feel yeah. good overall. N- number nine QB out of going through week one. I, I'm feeling good. No, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, I'm with you. And I think. Can I pick first? Can I pick first? Go for it. Oh, do you have another thought or are we just going to pick? Oh, no, let's pick. Kevin. Yeah, I'm doing Kevin as well. Um, And I made all these picks ahead of time. So I'm glad to see you and I are both being very original in some of this shit. I know it's, it's not ideal. Maybe we need to like start doing like spread or something. I don't know to make it like more closer especially in this league, but I don't know. Um, all right, last matchup and matchup of the week. You know, Zane has the honor back-to-back weeks to start things off. That is Sam versus Zane. Um, and let's let's start with Zane's team. You know, he unfortunately, you know, finished um, with going one-and-one, one, um, had that tough matchup against me. Um, but when we look at, you know, Zane's team week, post-week one, like what stands out, good or bad, for Zane's team? Who is... Aaron Rodgers. Who is Lamar Jackson? You, oh, I was going for the, <laughs> no, for the funny like Jeopardy I, thing. Oh, oh wait, what is Wash? No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's who is Aaron Rodgers? Because because when we talk about the fact what quarterback scores 1.32 points after growing probably the worst haircut and beard combination right now. Like it's crazy. I saw a picture, and this is just sidetrack. They put Aaron Rodgers up after his game against Tom Brady. You would think their ages were fucking flopped. <laughs> like, like it's just it's just where I sit with this. But but either way, like here's what I'll say. You're very concerned about your quarterback position after week one. 
with that. Like you have these guys that came out, were expected to be fucking amazing and then weren't with it. So you don't feel really good about that. Mike Evans, it's boomer bust in his world for that. You feel great about DeAndre Hopkins. You feel great against Tyreek Hill. And I'll tell you what, David Montgomery going up against the Rams defense, 18.8 points. I'll fucking take that because God knows what will happen when he plays against a team that actually like can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Jonathan Taylor, you get 17.6 out of, and I think that's where you want to see Jonathan Taylor each and every week. Do I care if he breaks 22? No. Am I concerned if he breaks 12? Yes. But if he can throw up 17, 18 points each week, I would say that's a great place to be. If you're Derek Mon- or David Montgomery. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right with Montgomery. And I think Jonathan Taylor, it's interesting. Um, he, you know, the, the offensive line looked like crap this week. And, you know, you saw that just in the performance of what he did on the ground, uh, you know, with the 17 carries. Um, but he just, he got a lot of passing game work, you know, six catches for 60 yards. You know, is that a sign of things to come? Because that's, you know, talked about it with Gibson, you know, some other pass catching running backs like that is, what can allow you to take the next step? Um, you know, it was an average performance for Jonathan Taylor, but because of like all those catches that he had, still put up almost 18 points. Like that's that's awesome to see. Um, but yeah, the the quarterbacks are the the interesting thing to watch. You know, this should be a strength for Kevin's team, and you know, week one it wasn't, and you know, that's more or less why he lost week one. Um, can they bounce back this week against Sam's team? You know that. That's that's the thing to watch. Um, Aaron Rodgers Monday night, like that's the focal point of I think the NFL um, going into this week too. Yeah, I agree. All right, so I'll let you go first for Sam. Yeah, I mean I think Sam's team, you know, got to be. I mean, bittersweet, you know, feeling good, you know, going two and zero. I think the biggest thing that stands out is he only has one quarterback right now. Yeah, it's it's Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow looks. Looked very good, I think, against like the Tex or the excuse me, the Vikings team. Um, gets a good test in week two, though. Yeah, gets. I mean, okay, Bears, okay, Bears okay. Defense Bears secondary bad. blows, but yeah, he might he might torch them. Um, but I think coming off the ACL injury, you know, that's always a wild card. Um, but Burrow, I think, got the job done. You know, Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, is going to be out for you know eight to 10 weeks, it sounds like, you know, or something long. Um, and because, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance aren't starting right now, Sam just doesn't have another quarterback. And that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, he does have depth. You know, he does have options that he can fill in. But a quarterback, you know, a reliable quarterback that can get you 20 points is, you know, that's a very, you know, nice luxury to have. And Sam just doesn't have that right now. And that could potentially be a problem. Um you know, in terms of good things, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, McCaffrey doesn't score a touchdown, doesn't go over 100 yards in rushing or receiving, and he still gets you almost 28 points. Like he is the the RB1 right now. Like that that is insane. Like Christian McCaffrey is just such a cheat code. And Sam has to be feeling great to see that performance, that production, because it wasn't even a great week for him. And he just he did that. Um, so that, that's the, that's the good sign for Sam. Yeah. I mean, my, I, the, some of the depth pieces beginning to show here, obviously yeah. one quarterback's kind of concerning. You're Didn't starting Jim, Judy. Yep. Judy's gone with that. Javonta Williams is an interesting flex play mm-hmm. for me. Cause I think, you know, you've got some different os- options. I think, you know, the Jacobs piece not practicing today becomes very concerning. 
yeah, you have Christian Kirk with part of it. Do you really feel comfortable starting Jared Cook? There's a couple pieces that I'm interested to see how they play out. But I tell you what, Devonta Smith, what an amazing week one that we saw out of that. Rob Gronkowski, what an amazing week one we saw out of that. Um, C.D. Lamb, another great week one. Uh, do the injuries? Let me. Do the injuries on this team have you concerned at the current moment? I don't know if I lost you or you cut out or what happened. Yep, I needed oh. my mic. Okay, the, there we go. The Judy injury obviously sucks. Um, I think, you know, we saw some very interesting things to start, you know, that game, um, just in terms of his, the looks and the production he was getting. I think Judy was poised for a big year, and unfortunately, you know, now we're going to have to wait several weeks, you know, a month or two for him to get back. Um, the Fitzpatrick injury does suck, but it was a temporary, you know, fill-in for Sam, yeah, you know, until... Right. You know, fields your lands get here. But it um, happened in week two, man. And like, yeah, it did. you don't and feel good about that with what you were planning on bridging to week six and seven. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I no, I don't think it's a cause for concern because at the end of the day, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are healthy. And that is it. A, is it a cause for concern in week two? Mm, I'm going to say no, not. not OK, not I, I, I feel the other way, I guess. Yeah. With that, I, I see concern in this with what I potentially see on the other side going up against that I don't feel comfortable with. So I'll hashtag foreshadow. I'm going to take Zane in this matchup. I, yes, I'm betting against Christian McCaffrey. I like what I see on the other side from what I know I'm going to potentially get out of the quarterback play to less of the injury concerns for the guys that I really need to worry about. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm taking Zane as well. Um, I think just right now, being down the quarterback and Zane also has a really good team. Like it's not like Sam's yes, going up against correct. a, you know, a crappy matchup Me, right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think unless like Armand or Jerry, like they need to make a move. If they don't make a move, I don't think they can really sniff Sam. Um, but if they potentially did, like, I think they could maybe make things uncomfortable for Sam in the sense that, Sam right now probably has the luxury that he doesn't need to worry about not having a quarterback. He doesn't have to worry about not starting, you know, Judy and maybe relying on a rookie that might be inconsistent and Javante Williams or, you know, maybe Trey Sermon or Devonte Smith. Um, but, you know, if one of those guys did do something, you know, put pressure on him, then maybe we see Sam get uncomfortable. But right now, because the league is just so, you know, top heavy, you know, it's such like segregated. Like Sam is a luxury that the injuries don't matter. Like, yeah, Sam, I'm sure would love to finish in first place, but is if he doesn't, you know, there's no difference between third or second in the division. That's true. I mean, the only thing that matters is are you putting up high score each week? Yeah, true that. But all right, man, should we wind her down? Yeah. I mean, if we're shock again, I mean, we need to start seeing some, I don't know. I think we get the more interesting matchups here as we get into the middle weeks, understanding that I sold. So like people that are playing me on your side of the playoff brackets are going to be a little bit easier with it. But I mean, we'll see what happens for, for Kevin and Stefan on this side, like they've got to make sure they don't miss their layups with it. And you know, it's the same thing on the other side. Don't miss, don't fuck up the games that you need to fuck up, make the positive roster decisions and, you know, that's Godspeed on the mental warfare. <laughs> and let's see some more trades. Keep it rolling, people.